The following is brought to you with no commercial interruptions. Listen up. It's interesting, like when Gigaton, I, I didn't pre-order it for whatever reason from mm-hmm. the website because I was like, even pre-COVID, I was like, you know, I'll support the local record store. I think I was going to just take that day off. Was, yeah, baseball opening day was supposed to be the day before, I, I think. And so I was like, I think I'm just going to take I think I'm going to take those two days off and I'll just drive up to the record store in the morning, get it, get some lunch, put it on and, you know, and then just drive around for a while. And then, you know, COVID hit and I had to like make special arrangements. And I think that was the first time I was out of the house in like two weeks was to get the album. And, you know, it was the guy from the record store bringing it to me in a brown bag. And I was just like, what, mm-hmm. what the fuck? And then here we are four months or five months later or whatever the hell it is. And I'm just like, God, that doesn't seem so weird now. But at the, <laughs> at the onset, it was obviously, it just was, it was bonkers. It's like, oh my gosh, you shouldn't have done that. Oh man, what the yeah. hell? Well, because you, well, you remember like uh, Jeff Amen did the unboxing and he was like spraying the package down. And I was like, mm-hmm. so I think I had like Lysol wipes in my car and like disinfectant. And I'm like spraying down a paper bag. And I'm just like, oh, what? Like, this is crazy. What if I get sick from opening Gigaton? Yeah. I think, like, he first started doing it. He's like, whoops, I got to wear my gloves. And he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, my God, dude, this is going to be a nightmare. Yeah. Oh, crazy. Yeah, no, no. Well, not everybody, but most people are like, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course you do that. Yeah. It's, it's wild. I went to pick up some beers at a, a local brewery uh, a little bit earlier today, and you know, I was like commenting to my wife about like how spaced everything was and how like everyone was doing such a good job wearing masks and people were using the outdoor seating and all this stuff. And I was like, you know, like I was proud of them for not being dipshits. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, God, I was like, like, hey, sometimes people are good. That's, yeah. that's, that's really bizarre. Welcome to Season 5, Episode 3 of the Better Band Podcast, an all-encompassing trip through the Pearl Jam catalog. I am your host, Brandon Polomo. Each episode, my guest and I go track by track through every album, soundtrack, and single to discover why you simply can't find a better band. Welcome back to the Better Band Podcast. This is Brandon, and today we're talking about the Yield song, No Way, and my guest today is Ryan Bauer. Hello, Ryan. Hey, how are you? I am well, and um, it is Bauer, right? It is. Pronounce it a different way. Okay. <laughs> I'll definitely no, you're edit good. that part out. <laughs> <laughs> this song is uh, first taste of lyrics not written by eddie that he sings on uh on this album and it is also one of the least played songs on this album live uh the only one that has been played less is um red dot or color red which hasn't been played at all so right it's hard to not be played less than none (laughs) So this one, this one gets second place. Very true. Just, just, and, and, and push me, pull me is just yes. slightly ahead of it, which I doesn't make sense to me at least. No, push me, pull me feels like uh, I'm, it's a song I really like. Um, and maybe it's hard to play live. It kind of has that tail end of itology 
vibe where it's like you know uh yeah it's it's kind of spoken word there's a lot of songs that they don't play a lot live that i kind of scratch my head at and no way is one of them it is absolutely without a shadow of a doubt my white whale live song and it's and it's not even close and i am i am the guy on the uh 10 club porch forum that when they are like let's play no way at this show and i'm like i am going to that show i'm going to contribute to this thread excessively (laughs) maybe we can speak it into existence like i am willing to put in that uh that time and effort for that three minutes that i think will be magical you know and then it's like a point of contention with with buddies that have been to shows that have seen it you know the i think they've played it what maybe 10 or 11 times i think the number is extremely low yeah yeah it's like as 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 of this recording and and probably will be for a while because they won't play it and aren't going to uh go on tour anytime soon it's uh looks about 11 or 12 yeah it sounds about right just just crazy to think about i mean because they toured really hard on that yield album um they played a lot of shows and then obviously that was yields what like 98 Mm -hmm. so i mean they've had 22 years to play it you know every here and there and i think they played it in san diego or la on the lightning bolt tour in 13 and i think the time before that was uh was pj20 uh night one or night two i i i vividly remember sitting in the recliner next to the one i'm sitting in right now following the set list on one of those pj20 nights and they played it on maybe i feel like they played it kind of early it was in the main set and i remember seeing it and then i was like oh you know what fuck this i'm not i'm not following this shit anymore this is i'm out on this not i'm sitting in my basement in kansas drinking beers following a set Mm -hmm. list on twitter and now they're playing no way and i'm not there and i was like you know what i and, you know, the same person would do something more productive with their time, but I'm, I'm guessing I just stopped following <laughs> along and, you know, watch reruns or drank one too many beers or something like that. We're going to, I think we're going to go with a, sort of a, a, a veteran song, which is a song by a band called PIL, which is much better song than this one. I think, I think, I think we should just do both. out for the album it's going to be in the uh, lower left sort of uh, section there 
underneath one of the bird the wires with the birds on it you see it in the clouds and it's uh, it's one of the easier ones to to recognize there it's the um you know i need to look at this i i was listening to the vinyl before we started recording mm-hmm. just move over here and grab it real quick i think it's in you have the cd version in front of you yeah all right well let's compare notes i i'm not saying you're wrong the vinyl version has the uh, just the lyric songs in there, and uh, it doesn't have any of the extra pages of just the uh, right. Yeah, because it's for no way it's got um, stuff. it's got the ocean with a mountain in the distance and and somebody's head popping up, and I would presume it's for no way for no way on the vinyl. Yeah. Oh really? Oh man, I didn't know these things changed. Oh crap! Oh man, <laughs> yeah, on the original vinyl. I've done like all of them and didn't think to check the vinyl that it was any different well no it's funny that you said that because i was like i i was literally right before we right before we got on this i was listening to side a on yield just to have the song fresh and go go over the lyrics once again and and i don't remember the last time i've looked at the cd liner notes but i was like yeah that's okay i was like there's no they don't list all the lyrics for no way mm-hmm and I'm assuming that's the same on the CD version, yeah. but I don't, I can't, um, I can't picture just here at first glance and skimming through it. I can't find the yield sign on the vinyl version on no way. Yeah. It's, it's going to be smaller. So it's a, it's over on the, uh, probably the left third, like right in the middle. Yep. Okay. Little, I see it now. It's the little triangle it's upside there. down. Yep. Okay. You're right. Yeah, and I remember when the album came out, um, I was 17, working at Target, and I remember the Given to Fly single came out, mm-hmm. you know, and this is, 98 is really pre-internet, like, we I, we might have had AOL dial-up, but I certainly wasn't, you know, gathering information from the uh, from the web by any, by any stretch of the imagination, yeah. but I, re- I just thought Pilot was a B-side and was not going to be on the album, so it was... I was really getting into that, and I remember, I don't think I was upset um, or displeased, but I was like, oh, I didn't think this would be on the album for whatever reason, you know, and then trying to find all the all the yield signs I just thought was like such a visually cool, not something to do, but it was something to do, you know, as you'd sit, you know, in your in your high school bedroom and, and listen to the album over and over, you know, and at least, the you know, for the first couple spins or whatever, you'd you'd look for the for the triangles and it was just it kind of gave Pearl Jam that thematic you know like that it was a theme album um, mm-hmm. without it being a theme but it was just was like how no code had the Polaroids right and and you'd try to get all the different Polaroids and then yield had this cool thing going on um, you know because they weren't doing a lot of press it was not like a wildly critically acclaimed album or anything like that there's no and there's songs that there's songs from there that for Pearl Jam fans are like absolute must the given to flies the do the evolutions but there was no smash singles and i guess they wound up doing the evolution video which was which was kind of a big thing for them but it would the i always thought the the yield thing was just so cool with the the cutout on the vinyl um and things like that and i I just get the sticker in there yeah it it's hands down my favorite designed album and I don't know if it's based on like the simplicity or the subtleness of it, or just like the, I think when the album came out at, at least the time in my life, it was, it was super important. And so, you know, when you, 
everybody has that album that got them through that that time that breakup that that whatever i i made some some porous decisions and got myself into <laughs> quite a uh a legal uh conundrum not conundrum yes and i remember i had to i had to pay restitution for what i had done and i used my wages from target where i was working and then i uh i sold all of my cd's that i had because when you're 17 in 98 that's one of the ways you make money at least uh at least it was in in my neck of the woods and and i'll always remember which is why you'll always have a special place in my heart um and then no way especially is that i I sold all of my albums except for that album so there for a while as i tried to refill my collection yield was the it was either the radio or yield and that's that's all i had and it was a big time first world problem obviously um but at 17 it felt like a, a pretty a pretty big problem uh for sure yeah i mean every every uh hmm, let me think does that story can we get it to connect to the song no way can we do it talking about stop trying to make a difference or not trying to make a difference and Oh, I don't know if I can do this. Oh, I think we can. <laughs> I'm just if there's we, a segue we could we could we could uh, chisel away at. No, I can absolutely do this. So I get the album. The album comes out in what February? Mm-hmm. Fuck. So I've gotten in trouble. Uh, I don't know. Right around that time. I mean, they kind of intertwine, and it's it's been some time. So I remember being drawn to that song initially, immediately, and it's at least lyrically to tie it back together with that story was the the two lines at the end of the first verse the i just need someone to be there and then he there's that brief pause and he says me and then says i just want someone to be there for me I was going through my legal deal I shouldered the blame for uh, the vandalism that we did to this house like uh, it's expunged from my record like it's not open so I can talk about it freely my buddies that were with me were both 18 and we lived in Nebraska and had they been charged they would have been charged as adults since I was a minor since I was 17 at the time of the incident I had to see a counselor and pay restitution but that was definitely like I took the bullets for those guys. Um, and then it was like I was on it alone. And this is all in high school. So it wasn't like, hey, you guys need to give me some money for the rest. Like no one had any freaking money. So that didn't matter. So I remember as I was doing the woe is me deal and I was going through the whole thing and kind of harboring that secret. Like I didn't really do anything wrong. Like if anyone should have not gotten in trouble from the car that night it was me but i just remember like i just need someone to be there for me and i just want someone to be there for me like i was definitely feeling alone and isolated as i was going through that hard time and it's high school and it's 
it's just such a it's a weird time in anybody's life and i you know it's one of those songs where i thought oh he didn't write this for me this was not written for me but like i'll be damned if this isn't speaking directly to me like i'm i'm hearing this loud and clear Mm -hmm. and it just was it just was something that was that really hit home for me and it's you know as as time has gone i i don't i don't think about that time uh very often uh i definitely don't think about it with that song the song is just turned into for me it's just it's a little bit of a different track it's that kind of change of pace on yield the first two songs brain of jay and faithful feel like very much like pearl jam songs and then you get right into no way and no way feels like maybe it's an outtake from no code i don't have any evidence to back that up i don't don't, i've never seen that reported but it's it's a little it just feels a little bit different and it kind of feels like at that beginning guitar it 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 almost sounds like remember when you used to get stuff and it would have that really heavy plastic that you'd have to like basically get a, a saw to like get through to like open it to get your your discman out or, or whatever it was yeah um, it, it almost feels like it almost feels like when you when you pull that stuff apart is that that kind of that opening guitar and it's just kind of funky and it just you know it's like you you love who you love or you love what you love. It's just for whatever reason that that song in particular has always been that for me, but it started off of getting me through a real fucked up time um, that definitely sucked. And, you know, when you go through something like that and it's somewhat traumatic, uh, you, you know, you keep going back to things like that just because it, um, you know, it was the medicine for that wound uh, that you had and uh and the wound is gone and it cured it and now it's it's just like this it's just this wonderful uh piece of music and it's i don't i don't love the band any less based on the fact that i've never heard it live but you know it's it's like an addict chasing a high a little bit like i'm i'm very guilty and and any of my touring buddies will tell you this like we get we get to the bar we get to the pre-party and we're having some beers and we do the what do you think they're going to open with what do you hope they play tonight and and I am always like, you know, to, uh, to where I think I don't even talk about it anymore. It's like, oh, I, I need to hear no way tonight. Like that's, that's what we need to have happen tonight. Um, and so, you know, I, it'll happen at some point or it won't. Um, and my life will be no fuller or empty based on, based on it. But shit, if it happens, it's going to be uh it's going to be a real wild, it's going to be a real wild night. It's going to take a, a real turn into into some real debauchery um in a real good way which will be awesome (laughs) (laughs) yeah the the opening kind of um i think harkens back a little bit to the sort of tape filter uh effect in uh black just in the kind of it sounds kind of far away it sounds kind of like it's a copy of a copy of a tape or something like that and and everything else comes in and that kind of like notched wah that's on there throughout the whole song uh i don't know if they would have used a uh a filter effect on that. Stone probably just turned on his wall pedal and, and just kicked it back a little bit. But uh Yeah, I don't know, and I'm not musically inclined, but it just it it sounds different though. I mean it's it sounds different, but it also even though it feels like it's a couple generations removed, I I mean I get what you're saying with that. It it definitely does not feel overly produced. Like it yeah. It sounds very true to like you watch single video theory and that forty five minute movie or video makes it feel like they just went in the studio and they started playing and they recorded and then they 
they put it out and that's what you have at home. I mean, no way feels like they they probably got through that thing pretty quickly or it's or it's just it's not very it's not cleaned up at all. Um, and I hate to use the word grunge because it, it doesn't sound like grunge in the way that you or I know it or, you know, uh, common folk refer to it. But mm-hmm. it's definitely like it almost sounds like a demo. It sounds like a very well done demo. You know, like when you hear demos and like there's just something off about it, um, it it feels it feels that way, which is really a testament to, you know, the guys in the band and Jack Irons at the time, like with the drums and it just it feels like there's a lot going on with the guitars and there's they do a lot of starting and stopping and and Eddie kind of fills those vocals in like kind of perfectly with those starts and stops, which is which is a really, you know, a really cool way that they do that. And that's, I mean, that's just kind of how it feels to me, at least, like that it's not, uh, it's definitely not like following some, this is how you write a song uh, manual, for sure. It's sounds like five guys just kind of fucking around in the studio. And then they were like, yeah, it's good enough. Or we need another track and let's, let's throw, let's throw it on there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very like sort of simplistic song too, which is, I don't know, makes me think like, well, it'd be easy to just whip out every once in a while and you probably don't have to rehearse it that much it's just real sort of you know the verse and the the chorus are the same and you just had a you know it's just that bridge part you got to try to remember or whatever like a, a drop d song and it's just kind of got a little bit of the stone groove in there and well we mentioned it a little bit before we started recording you know that like like gigaton the new album there's a couple songs on there that like are lyrically so heavy that i'm like how the hell like does he remember all of that like I'm thinking like comes then goes. It feels like mm-hmm. it feels like it's like a real wordy song. Like there's a lot of words in there. I mean the 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 lyrics for no way are real simple. Yeah, it feels like we're going on stage at eight six o'clock. Listen to it once, go over it once or twice, and it's like yeah, we could go knock this out real easy. Um, <laughs> you know, and and I you know, and I don't know why they don't play it live. Um, I'm sure there's I'm sure there's something there and maybe Stone doesn't like it or isn't proud of it but you know I think it's well obviously I mean I volunteered to do this for the podcast so like obviously I think it's brilliant like uh, I'm nothing but a fan of it and it's it's got some really interesting juxtapositions to what the band is about um and kind of like their their footprint outside of just making music like the the lyrics of you know i'm not trying to make a difference i'll stop Mm -hmm. trying to make a difference like that really like those are apathetic lyrics which like nothing could be further from the truth with the vitology foundation and everything they did for the homeless with the home shows back in 2018 and i mean it seems like those guys are donating money and helping out the cause anywhere and everywhere they're doing the all-in challenge eddie just did this the trick shot challenge and jeff did too for als it's like these guys are not without uh contributing to the cause i mean Mm -hmm. like they're musicians one and in a band one and then one a is like they are philanthropist so it's it's interesting that um you know kind of dab smack in the middle of their career i guess it's probably now on the on the first third as as time passes that that they would have these lyrics that's just like i'm not trying to make a difference and i'll stop trying to make a difference and so it would be really interesting if you ever got to have a cup of coffee with stone or whatnot and ask him like like what does that mean like where were you going with that and you know and was it were they trying to do something and and they and it was met with great opposition 
is you know the the no code tour before yield is the the fuck Ticketmaster tour right where they played all the crazy venues and it was kind of a shit show you know and stone stone appeared before uh congress or the government or whatnot congress. yeah and so like was he just like i've done everything i can it's not working and i'm just i'm just gonna stop trying to make a difference you know or is it a tongue-in-cheek or is it him being mm-hmm. ironic and I guess it's tough to say because, you know, like you said, he wrote the lyrics, but then you've got Eddie singing it. And so anytime you've got a person singing it, you feel like it's their words, even if it's written by somebody different within the band. You know, you, you take it as like that's something that that Ed is saying or singing or, or whatnot. So I, I, I've always thought that that was just interesting. And certainly like. I've always kind of taken it to just be like, look, I fucking have had enough. And it's not like I'm throwing in the towel. I'm not a quitter, but it's just like, look, enough is enough. Like I'm just, I'm done fucking with this. And maybe it's, maybe it's you're with someone in a relationship and you're like, I've tried to make this work and we just don't see eye to eye. Or every time we get together, we fight or, you know, the juice is not worth the squeeze. And so like, I'm just done, you know, I'm just, I'm just done with it. And 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 maybe that's what they're talking about. Maybe it's not, you know. But it's it's I guess every it's everybody's interpretation for sure. Yeah, and there's a um, an interview from back uh, when the album was coming out, uh, where Stone says uh, the chorus ended up saying maybe you maybe we all need to just live life and quit trying to prove something. For me, the funniest part is the fact that Eddie's singing this line about not making a difference. I think he gets off on not being responsible for it. And then Eddie says, my out is Stone wrote it. The way I sing it is changing his idea slightly by saying, I'll stop trying. No way. So it works from either perspective. I, I don't know that I had heard that. That's, that's actually wildly interesting, you know, and it, and it could be. And, mm-hmm. you know, go, I guess going back to the, to the fact that it feels like this song kind of, you know, we're taking some some pretty good leaps of faith here. It sounds like it came together. <laughs> it sounds like it came together. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it came together pretty quickly, right? And it's not it's not overly produced. It's kind of funky. It's got that kind of funky stone groove, and you can see stone. There are some, I think, like vocal layerings and stuff like that. That's kind of yeah, cool. And in the bridge, you get the guitars like kind of going back and forth and stuff like that. But, but you, you th- yeah, it is pretty simple. You think about like a a better man or an alive or Jeremy and we can go on and on and on like where it's pretty, it's pretty clear what we're talking about. You know, it's pretty clear what we're, what we're Mm -hmm. singing about here, you know, and there's like, there's just some like real cool, like fun wordplay. The, you know, uh, I love the second chorus. Like, and, and I, and I think what I mentioned earlier, like the thing that, that hooked me was the I need somebody to be there for me. Like when this song came out, the first time I heard it, that's what I needed. And I was like, mm-hmm. ooh, nice. Feels like a hug coming through the speakers. That's what I needed right now. But then like they they also get so cool and it's almost like it's almost in like a Beastie Boys way where like the Beastie Boys just say really random shit and make it rhyme and like they're talking about nothing at all. But like all the static in my attic, I was like, oh, that's awesome. Like you've got this clutter in your brain and you can't <laughs> think straight. And then it shoots down my Google says side nerve. I've always thought it was sciatic nerve is is the way is the way that I hear it. 
and I was like, oh, like your brain's so fucked up that it's like jacking up your whole body, your whole aura, your whole being mm-hmm. because you don't have a clear head, which is maybe why when we get down into it, it's like, no, dude, I'm done. I'm not trying to make a difference. No way. You know, and it's 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 got that kind of like playful Eddie and Stone, like, you know, kind of talking shit to each other um deal because there was that you know battle of power you know stone has said like i'm the guy that writes songs and then you know he had to kind of he said he kind of relinquished that once uh maybe it was like around the vitology era where ed kind of turned into that and and stone has even said you know that he he wrestled with that a little bit and then ultimately realized like it's for the good of the band and it and and here we are today but not to get you know wildly off tangent but like the the next two lines in that in that second chorus to the ocean of my platitudes, longitudes, latitudes. It's so absurd. That's a super absurd line. Like you think about when you mm-hmm. read poetry, like and people just say like completely crazy shit. You're like, that's yeah, that's that. Like that that makes no sense. We're and sometimes it's it's not. I, I guess it's kind of nice that they have some of those really straightforward songs that are heavy. You know exactly what they're talking about. Um, heartbreak, loss death deceit whatever and then this is just like we're just kind of talking bullshit like i mean we're just we're just we're literally saying random things and then we just kind of put them all together you know it's uh it's kind of like the leftover special uh from the refrigerator Mm -hmm. like someone can have a peanut butter and jelly someone can have half of a chicken breast and it looks like there might be half of a barbecue sandwich left and it's just like you know it's like russian roulette in the in the refrigerator which is just <laughs> which, which is not what they were going for but it's like or, or maybe maybe it was but it, i just always i thought it was great um and i think it's great that i i like the lyrical i, I like what they're saying in the way that i interpret it and i i get that other people that have listened to it and other people that will listen to this podcast are in could interpret it completely differently mm-hmm. but like a, you know at some point like you can't make a difference all the time. Um, and like I said, when this song came out, I was in high school and man in high school, like there's a lot of shit that's going, uh, there's a lot of shit that's happening to a lot of people where you think your parents are out to get you. You think the school's out to get you. You think your job's out to get you. There's a lot of that, like us against the world. And like, especially like this year in an election year, like we're going to hear a lot of every vote counts um and things like that and when you get to a place in your life or you're in a a phase of your life where you feel so despondent and like you feel like there's there's no way out like you can't get out like how could this possibly ever get better we're going to be stuck in this rut forever and then it's like i i just can't stop trying to make a difference like i can't make a difference like whatever i do is not going to affect a larger change like i don't have I don't have that power in me or ability to emote that power to change something, mm-hmm. you know? And like, so we're recording this today. Like in yesterday we saw like John Lewis passed away, the great like civil rights activist. And like that guy had the power to like change some stuff. Right. And no offense to you, and no offense to me. Like we're not really changing anything. Like we both have kids. Like, and maybe we're, helping like mold their lives and like change that, like change some stuff in them and give them Mm -hmm. hope or, uh, or things like that. But in the grand scheme of things, like, you know, if I bite the bullet tonight, like at my funeral, there's not going to be any, like he made this wild, 
like he led this charge for change or did this or like really turned something around. It's like, he's a pretty average guy and that's okay. You know, and accepting that can be hard for some people in some instances. And, and, and maybe that's, maybe that's kind of where we're going with this. Um, yeah, you got a lot of stuff in there. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I just, I really, I just had to stop talking because I just needed, needed to get a drink and I was, uh, normally I can't tell that I'm rambling, but I, I was like, well, <laughs> no, that's okay. There is there is one other thing that I at least wanted to bring up before I forget, um, just because I ha- I have the lyrics in front of me, and we've talked about when the album came out, we've talked about when this song came out, and kind of what was going on in my life. I uh, am Catholic. I was raised Catholic. I went to private Catholic school mm-hmm. K through twelve, um, so I was dab smack in the middle of that when this came out, and you have the part in do the evolution where they say, this is my church. I sing in the choir and then they do Alleluia, (laughs) which is like something that I heard literally every Sunday for my entire life. So I was like, that's awesome because I never thought what I'm hearing at church with my parents every Sunday was going to be dab smack in the middle of this. My wife calls do the evolution yell, yell, scream. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, that's fair. I was like, it still kicks ass. So bite your tongue. And then you have that right in the middle of that. But No Way also has at the very, very end, as they are kind of almost trailing off before the outro, they do, you know, he's Eddie sings like, let's call in an angel. And then it's like, who's calling an angel? And I just, I always thought that was cool. Like I picture, like I picture myself and some buddies and it's like, okay, well like let's, we need to call a doctor. Like someone has gotten hurt. Someone is sick. And then it's like, well, who's calling them? You know? And that, and that's like a very like simple, like day to day example, I guess, or, or uh, example, but like you think about it, it in terms of like faith based. And it's like, let's call in an angel and it's like, let's pray for something. Let's pray for change Mm -hmm. or hope or something to guide us or protect us or show us the way. And then he says in the very next line, well, who's calling an angel? He's like, we should do this, but who's going to do it? And it's kind of got that whole, like you were talking about the quote from earlier when the album was released, it's like got that weird juxtaposition where, you know, he says, I'll stop trying to make a difference. No way. And then you're like, are you going to try to make a difference? Or are you not? Are you calling an angel? Are you not calling an angel? Like, what are we really saying here? And I and I think it's kind of cool that it's not cool that they do not play this song live uh, very often. But it's cool that there is this very open-ended, like, what are we talking about? Very open for interpretation. I've I think you could interview five more people and I think their interpretation of this song would be wildly different than mine. And I think that is, I think when you can get that as an artist, I think, I mean, that is just, you know, uh, chef's kiss, you know, so to speak, like it's, that's, that's awesome when you can get that. And if, and if a song can mean a lot to so many people and it can mean a lot to people in so many different ways, I, I think, I mean, that's just outstanding. And it's, I've been reading the, uh, 
I've been reading the book. Uh, what the hell is it called? The more you need, the less you get. The unauthorized Pearl Jam biography, and it's written by Henrik, someone from Denmark. Mm-hmm. And I got it at a wish list party a couple of years ago. I think uh, in Montana during one of the away shows or whatnot. And it focuses on the Ross killed incident a lot because he's from Denmark. And I hadn't read a lot about it, but there's a a part in there, or at least my mind expanded to this part. It it might not be in there. I don't want to falsely represent, but they talk about a live, like a live, you know, they didn't play it after Ross killed until that famous last Seattle show on the binaural tour. And it took on like this whole new meaning because there was such a loss um, there. And like, I am not in any way comparing what happened at Ross killed to them playing alive and the meaning of alive changing to no way, but like, you know, no way has has at least for me changed and what it meant to me when it came out and then what it is today. But it's, it's also interesting as this band has been together for so long, things that were written in a specific time can mean something so totally different as time passes. Uh, and I and I think Alive is the most publicized instance of that. But this song for me has a little bit of that. Other songs could have that for other people. And I think we're going to see that a lot with, with Gigaton because there's some pretty pointed, like, you know, sitting bullshit as our sitting president. Like, I'm really not going to be able to play that in like five years, mm-hmm. like with the same effect, you know? Um, and that's why we haven't heard Bush Leaguer since the Riot Act tour because like, while you might like it and lyrically it's kind of cool and it's got a funky bass line and it kind of meanders in a little cool spoken word way. Like if you played it today, it's, it's a novelty, you know, it does, it's not, it's not hitting the way it hit in that, uh, that East coast show where they got, you know, damn near boot off the stage when he had the mask on the, on the microphone stand, like it's, it's changed and that's okay. And, and, and I think it's fine if songs live and breathe and not die, but like, you know, fade away uh, after a certain period of time. They're of a moment. Sure, yeah. And then you've got the other ones that live on. It's like, if you went to the Lightning Bolt tour, you would have heard Pendulum a lot, and Mind Your Manners, and Sirens, and Lightning Bolt. And like, I think that's one of the one of the uh, unanswered questions as we are on postponed tour right now. Like, what songs from that album still regularly make the set list on the next tour. Any of them? All of them? I don't know. I'd love to find out. Yeah, I think it all it all, all sort of, I think, depends on what they think that people are going to want to listen to, what people are, are, are into, and what they, I think, want to play as far as uh, what kind of carries over and everything. And it's like, okay, we'll play the album, see how people react, and then say, like, okay, then we'll pare it down to the the four songs that we're going to, you know, three, four songs that we're going to throw on the pile of all the other songs from all the other albums that we, you know, always bust out and cycle through. Yeah. I think that the, the, the thing that Stone said about, uh, quit trying to prove something, I think can be sort of against, I don't know, maybe it's sort of like, oh, we got to step back and, you know, we're not going to change the world. We're not going to make a difference. But then again, you know, who's to say how you're going to make a difference or who you're going to make a difference to? I mean, um, you can make a difference in a bad way. I mean, these people who, you know, are, are, right. are aren't Absolutely. wearing masks and who are going out and, 
you know, asymptomatically spreading and stuff like that. They're definitely making a difference, but it's, you know, not in a way that everybody would prefer them to and everything. Right. Well, and I, and, and I think like when he, when he made that quote based on the era, like you almost wonder as as I'm thinking about it more and, and, and you and I are talking about it, did he think like, okay, we cannot overturn Ticketmaster, this conglomerate. Like we've tried, we've stepped in the ring we've tried to do it our own way and we saw the problems that it created for us and our fans but could we find organizations that are doing good in local communities and help fund them and maybe we can't change the entire uh concert ticket industry by ourselves maybe maybe that's a fight that we can't win and that doesn't mean that we're defeated but what if we put money into the arts and uh child safety and obviously like ed and jill do a lot of like eb research and you've got mike doing the crone stuff stone is the environmentalist jeff does the skate parks and so on and so forth and it almost feels like they cast a really wide net and they didn't catch much. But then when they decided to go to like very targeted areas to help, they've done more good, you know? And I, and I think we see that as fans, like based on what they release to us and mm-hmm. you see, uh, you know, everybody's probably been to at least one wish list pre-party at a concert and you see the money that they raise. And then, you know, I'm just, I'm thinking like personally, like going to, Tulsa in 2014 I have no association with Tulsa whatsoever it's just I can get there in five hours in a car and I had some people had some buddies that would split gas with me so we decided we'll do it because logistically it made sense for us in that time and then we all spent money at that wishlist party and it went to help someone or some group in Tulsa and you know you're there to for the most part you're there to drink beer and get your face melted by Mike McCready <laughs> and rock out. But somehow you do like this little bit of good in the community. You make a difference. Yes way. And like you can you can feel good about it. Like, you know, when you it's the it's the old adage like non Pearl Jam fans don't understand anything about Pearl Jam fans. And I there's nothing that's more true than that. But when you go back to the office or whatever from being at shows and you say I'm like, oh, what'd you do? And, you know, you can say, well, I tried 25 new IPAs and I got super loaded and I bought a shit ton of merch and I'm super broke. And you can frame it that way, but you could also say, you know, I can, I channeled some of my discretionary income to like help some people locally in Tulsa and Lincoln and St. Louis and, you know, wherever, wherever else you went on, on that leg. And I think that's just, I mean, it's, it's an awesome deal. It's, it's, Definitely an ancillary benefit, especially based on the fact that the band's been around for well, going on 30 years now. And the people that were listening to Pearl Jam when they were new are older. And, you know, the things that uh, we're talking about a song today in no way that came out when I was 17. I'm 39 now. Like my life's a lot different today than it was then. And the things that I value and care about are a lot different. But there's certain things that I cared about and valued then that I still care about today, you know, one of them being this particular band and this particular album and even drilling it down further, this particular song. 
And so I guess when you get to affect a little bit of change through uh, some of the band's missions and some of the fan-driven missions of the band on behalf of the band, it's a cool little communal deal that we have going on. And we're talking in the middle of the coronavirus outbreak and everybody wearing masks and social distancing and schools getting closed and sports and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, look, if we can all just do our part, we can make a difference. We stopped being dipshits for a little while and now we just need to continue. And then we became dipshits. (laughs) We just got to, everybody's got to get back on the same page and everybody just has to stop being a dipshit. Send a tweet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, When I, when I, you were talking about uh, let's call in an angel. I'm trying to think about maybe if somebody's saying, you know, I'm not trying to make a difference. I'll stop trying to make a difference. You know, there's nothing that I can do, but let's get some divine intervention in here. You know, let's call in an angel and, you know, have, you know, God fix everything. Let's have some smiting or let's have some, uh, you know, something like that to, to change everything because we're not going to do anything. I'm not going to do anything. I'm wondering, too, if, if um, this also could be a, um, a sort of response to people saying, I, I don't know how many people were saying back then, but maybe it ties in with sort of the uh, the Ticketmaster sort of thing of like, oh, stop talking politics, guys. Just play, just play music. Not you know, stop getting on your soapbox. Why don't you you know just shut up? Stop trying to make a difference. It's like okay, fine. Right. I'm, I'm stopping. Not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What it, it? That's what's so funny about it is like you know they were political, and then it's like I think they're most it changes. Right. Um, but like when they first became like their most political was like on the riot act tour or the riot act album when they did Bush leaguer. And that was like a pretty clearly like, no, everyone interprets it the same way. Like Bush, fuck you. <laughs> like it, they're, they're pretty, they're pretty direct in that, in that deal. It's like on gigaton right now. They're like Trump fuck off. Like they're, they're pretty, they're pretty direct about it. The only other thing that I have is like maybe maybe uh, just thinking just from uh, being around uh, people who speak Spanish or kind of maybe the way in no way is like the uh, come on way. It's like we don't. It's like I'll stop trying to make a difference. No way. Like man or fool or whatever. <laughs> Probably not, but that's just the <laughs> that's just what pops up into my head. It's like when you say it, I'm like. Oh, that's crazy. But I'm like, ah, fuck, you could be right. And and I think that's one of the that's one of the best things of, about them. And like, I mean, to speak specifically about this song, which is the whole point of your entire podcast and this recording session, is like something's going on in this song. And whether it's like, you know, maybe if we go back to our earlier idea that this was a very like off the cuff, happened very quickly not overly produced song because like uh, I've been staring at these lyrics for the better part of while we're talking and like god dang it just feels like Stone might have just been writing writing stuff down and just kind of like as it hit his brain he put that pen to the paper and there, I I think there's something to be said for that I mean that that is a you know you talk about living in an entire moment or living in a specific moment in time or in an era like this could have been a 15 minute window into stone's brain while he was having coffee smoking a joint had a few too many beers was sleep deprived i mean 
who knows, you know, unless unless they come out and out really tell us, which they'll never do, because if we've learned anything over time, like they don't do that. And this uh, could be a Reddit M- 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 uh, a- a- MMA, a Reddit AMA. <laughs> Every Reddit M- AMA that they do is like, we have talked about recording and we might record. We'll record at some point, but we are not giving you any goddamn information. Like the only way, it, and then they're like, and Gigaton comes out tomorrow. And you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. this guy played piano on that song. It wasn't him or something. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yay. <laughs> Yeah. All right. You know, and it could be that. Uh, and I think that's, you know, and maybe at the end of the day, not every song needs to be like this complete spilling of the guts and this announcement of love or despair. It was just like, here's some shit that I'm kind of thinking about mm-hmm. and talking about in my head. And they're kind of disjointed thoughts, but I kind of got this cool little guitar riff and like, we kind of got this cool like start stop and Ed kind of puts in like this cool, like, you know, humming part a little bit. And I, and it just, maybe it just kind of works. And also we don't really know how many fans we have coming off of the no code tour. And like, I guess we don't really give a shit. And if you don't like it, given to flies next. Yeah. <laughs> so you got that going for you. Yeah, maybe the, the, the difference they're not going to make is with this song, because this isn't about anything super deep and you're not going to get, this this song isn't going to change the world with any sort of message or touching anybody. It's just kind of, eh, you know, we got a riff and like it or not, we got this bridge here that's like, yeah, <laughs> really kicks in. It's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and maybe just as easily it being titled No Way, it could just be, you know, no parentheses thing. Like it, it's just about it's about nothing. Mm-hmm. But we don't want to build some. uh we don't want to build some dialogue that it's like the extension of nothing man or the man trilogy. And so it's just fucking no way. And you're just gonna have to deal with it. It could also be that, you know, you can try and, you know, stay neutral or not try to care about things or try to, to change the way things are or something like that. But sometimes you can't, it's just, you know, not in your nature and you're going to, fight against it and you're gonna you know it's like mom i gotta step in i gotta i gotta do something i gotta uh do something well it could be that they try to affect change in so many different things and help out in so many different pockets and areas that like it could be it could be an internal battle of like i don't want to help but i just i can't not help i can't i can't turn a blind eye yeah they just i, I think the main thing to get away is to, to take away is that they just need to play, just play the, the song. fucking song. <laughs> yeah, to play and, it more. and please, <laughs> at least just, just play for it us. when I'm there. And look, I'll never ask you for anything else again until I do the day after that. But <laughs> but just but just please fucking do it. It would be so awesome. And so, uh, what's something you think that people should do to try to uh, spread uh, something people should do to try to spread kindness uh, out among other people to uh, something to share the light? I think based on our current climate, the best thing you can do, in my opinion, is you can make a dedicated effort to support the little guy. Okay, you can order your laundry detergent and your batteries from the Amazons and the Target of the world. But when you have a choice to get a burrito, buy a beer, buy a record, 
you are having to put more effort into literally everything you do, washing your hands, hand sanitizer, wearing a mask. So if you're already putting more effort into everything, why not put a little bit more effort into helping the mom and pops, the little guy, the guy that gives a couple hundred bucks for the youth baseball uniforms, the guy that donates pizzas to the the local school, the people that are in your community that are helping you when you need it most, those are the people that could lose everything during this pandemic. So if you want the option to go to a place that has some personality, go to a place that helps you and those around you, then when you go to buy something or support something, even if it's a little bit further away, even if they don't deliver, even if you have to spend a few more bucks, go support those people. Because we all say that when we come out of this, we want to go to the Pearl Jam shows and we want to go see a baseball game and we want to do all of these things. But what fun is it going to be if the only things left are Applebee's, Buffalo Wild Wings, Target, Amazon, Walmart, Costco, etc. Like places that have no personality. There's a lot of stuff that we can do. We can donate to hospitals. We can donate to frontline workers, food banks, and things like that. And all of those things are great. And I hope everybody does that the best they can. But as best we can, I think to spread kindness right now is support the little guys. Because those are the guys that when you, air quotes, forget your wallet, and you really did forget your wallet, they give you a slice on the house, you know, uh, or things like that. It, it, the little things in life. Those things are kind of what make the fabric of, uh, of our country, the good parts of our country. And, I, and living without those things just sounds like a total shitburger, to be quite honest. And, and uh, chances are you give money to them, they're you know, paying their taxes on it, and they're, that money is going right back into you know, where you live in your community and stuff. It's not going to uh, pad some rich guy's uh, uh, wallet who's sitting on some throne who's got uh, exploiting all these tax loopholes and, you know, just hoarding money. Absolutely, yes. See, that's you just being honest. No. I, just was, I was on my soapbox. I couldn't, I, I couldn't say that, yeah. Well, no, I mean, it's, it's something you probably don't. I know I don't think about all the time where it's it's just kind of like, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, well, I mean, the people that are working here are getting paid. But, I mean, it's like this money isn't staying here. It's not contributing to the health and prosperity of the community of where I live. It's going, you know, somewhere else and someone else is getting to, to getting enriched by it and not the people here, not where I'm spending this money, not where, you know, I'm choosing to live. If you like where you live and you want to continue to like where you live and have where you live have like some cool differences between where everybody else lives, then like you don't really have an option. Like you kind of have to do those things, you know? Yeah, it's definitely a way you can make a difference. Oh, wrapping it back around. Thanks so much for coming on, Ryan. Boom, <laughs> we get it. Drop. <laughs> that was awesome. Thank you for having me. I, I appreciated this and I didn't really know that I needed to scratch this itch. So I know I got a little wordy, but um, <laughs> no, that's fine. It, dude, dude, it was good. It was good to talk to you. It was good to, it was good to do something that I had done pre Corona and just, you know, kind of exercise that part of my, 
my brain um and guts a little bit so i i really do appreciate it it was uh it was fun and and hopefully we'll do it again sometime no yeah no problem thanks for coming on again i don't know why i said it again <laughs> the better band podcast is produced by listenupreno.com and brandon palomo and published using a creative commons attribution share alike 4.0 license please visit creativecommons.org or email listenupreno at gmail.com for more details all music played is owned by the respective publishers and copyright holders and is reproduced for review purposes only under fair use You can subscribe to the Better Band Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or from betterbandpod.com using your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at betterbandpod. I am on Twitter at Brandon P, B-R-A-N-D-E-N-P. If you like the job I'm doing here, you can go to ko-fi.com slash Brandon P and leave me a $3 tip or give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and don't forget to tell your friends. If you would like to be a guest on a future episode, send an email to betterbandpod at gmail.com or send any stories and insights you'd like to share and I'll read them on the season finale episode. Again, I'd like to thank my guest Ryan and as always, this is Brandon saying, this is indeed a disturbing universe.